Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire and welcome to Master Leadership. Great leaders ask great questions and this podcast takes you on a journey to master leadership with questions that matter to leaders who matter with your host, Lily Sinabria. Hi, this is Lily, and welcome to Master Leadership Through Crisis series, where we will connect with leaders worldwide to gain insights on important questions to help us navigate through rough waters. If you would like to participate as a guest, or if you have a question that you would like to ask a guest, go to masterleadership.org for more information. The path to leadership and self-discovery are parallel. As a teacher, mother, and executive director of a nonprofit organization, Alex Andrade has discovered that personal growth is the key to unlocking the true potential within us. As a culinary arts teacher, she has empowered students to discover their passion, creativity, and curiosity through food. As a mother, she has discovered the gift of being present and honoring the child in front of you, as they are. And as a philanthropist, she has discovered the gift that service is to the human soul. Together, the life lessons that Alex has learned have given her the recipe to leadership. She has combined her teaching experience, life experience, and personal growth into a leadership manifesto. The future is unclear for us all, but what she does know is her venture into learning about herself and the world around her will take her where she is meant to be. Our interview will begin right after messages from our sponsors. Michelle Ashby, CEO of ACE LLC, is a fearless, committed champion for the betterment of women. Michelle has a goal to prepare a thousand women to sit on corporate paying boards. To date, over 500 women have attended an ACE board training program, and of those women, there are 91 ACE board graduates with board certification by Corporate Directors International. 46 corporate board appointments, 5 CEO appointments, and 2 new companies launched. Find out more at www.acellc.consulting and take your free board assessment quiz now to see if you are a possible board candidate. Link to assessment is in the show notes. Welcome, Alexandra Andrade. How are you? I am great. How are you? Doing great. I love your smile. You are ready to pour this. All right. So, Alex, tell us a bit about your path to leadership and what you're doing now. So, I do believe that teachers, we are leaders in our own right. So, mm-hmm. I started teaching 15 years ago, right out of college, and I was given a task of growing a program. And Mm -hmm. so it's a beautiful place to be where you get to teach something that you have passion about. And I taught culinary arts, but a large part of our program depends on people wanting to take our courses. So I became a leader in really growing that program and keeping my job, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it is a beautiful, beautiful career. 
And then about seven years ago, I started a nonprofit where I work with orphaned children in Colombia. There's an orphanage that was closing down, kind of falling apart. And I happened to be there right when things were getting really bad. And so we kind of took it over. So we fundraise here in the United States, and then we send money for the kids to go to school, clothing, and food. And we've done repairs in the home. So that's kind of my path. And now I went to school for my administrative degree, and I'm just kind of seeing where things go from here. I love that. I also believe that teachers are important leaders, especially in education. I love how you used your creativity to grow a program that certainly is leadership because teaching culinary arts is not easy, is it? No, it's definitely not easy, but I don't think teaching is easy. I think if you do it the right way and your goal is to connect with those kids in front of you, I would never call it easy, but the extra challenge of fire and knives. um, (laughs) With right hormones, right? Yeah. So imagine this beautiful mixture of factors. It's a unique situation. One that I've loved. You teach in high school, right? Yes. What draws you to that age group? What drew me to that age group initially is different than today. So initially, I love food, health. I think I came from a family where I saw the connection between health and what we put into our bodies. So my college major was nutrition and food. And I had this goal of like transforming us and convincing people like you can eat healthy food without sacrificing taste. And so... In the beginning, that was my goal, what drove me. And then I think as I got older, I fell in love with the kids and their perspective on life. Now I feel like I'm learning from them so much. So it's like this mutual exchange. I teach them a skill. I kind of ignite passion in them. I give them this free range to be creative. And in turn, I feel like they've taught me to kind of be comfortable in my own skin. They own who they are. And I think not to like date myself, but it was different when I was in high school. I think we pretended a lot more. So that's what keeps me going is this exchange between myself and the kids. I love what you shared here because it it really does speak to your leadership. You ignite that in your students because not everybody can do that or has been intentional about Mm -hmm. doing that. Now tell me about your organization. So it's called Raise Your Hands Up High and it started in 2012. I happened to be in Colombia after my father had passed away. And, you know, it was one of those trips where you're kind of like, now what, where do I go from here? You know, we all hit that pivotal moment in our lives. And so I was there visiting and I had mentioned to a family member that there were so many kids asking for money, like at a red light. So they said, oh, somebody I know is working with this orphanage. Wait till you see this. And when I go there, I mean, there was a three-year-old boy who was cleaning his underwear with no soap, just water. And so casually I said, what are you doing? And he said, I need to clean And I said to the nun who was watching them, like, where's the soap? And she said, we don't have soap. And the refrigerator, it wasn't working. And so that to me was like, well, hold on. Mm -hmm. And so I got back to the city and I made some phone calls and we bought a refrigerator. I think the relationship with myself and the organization was very natural. So I didn't plan on 
taking it over, but it takes on average about 340 US to feed 15 kids. And so I was so fortunate at the time I was working in a school where we would do fundraisers. And so we were able to redo the kitchen, Christmas gifts for every single child, clothing, uniforms. And so now we're on year nine. Wow. And so our listeners are tuning in. Where can we donate? So if you go to raiseyourhandsuphigh.org, you'll find a link to donate. You can like us on Facebook. You can like us on Instagram. Right now we're doing some roofing work. And so we're collecting funds for that. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank now, you. So I love listening to stories like that because leaders like you, those are the types of leaders that we need to create that ripple effect that will change the world. And so I love that you're on here. Now, we're currently at the tail end of the COVID-19 pandemic. As an educator, how has that affected you? When it first happened, I was finishing my administrative degree. I'm a mother of two young kids. So at the time, my youngest wasn't even two. My oldest was four at the time. I was still teaching and I think realizing quickly how what we do is so much about the social, emotional aspect during COVID and especially this time last year. Mm -hmm. I think when we left, we were talking about vegans and different dietary reasons why people choose to be a vegan or a vegetarian. And in that moment, when I saw my students, when we had shut down, I think we had a Google meet no one cared about a veggie burger, Mm -hmm. right? So Mm -hmm. what seemed so important before we closed, we just wanted to see each other. And we talked for over an hour and it wasn't about a veggie burger. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't. Right. Today, things are different. I do find that there are days that I drive home and I am in complete silence in my car. I'm like, what was that? Right. Because you're teaching hybrid, you're teaching remote, you have a kid in front of you, you have a kid calling you. And I always say to the kids, it's a sign of the times, you know, give each other the grace to be flexible and forgiving. But it has been a very interesting year where I think I quickly realized bigger picture. That inspires also students to not be so stressed out, but to be able to shift, right? Because as I listen to what you're saying and how you were processing all this, and we all process differently, the fact that these students look to you and take cues from you, that's important. The fact that you realize that this is all social emotional, leadership is all social emotional. So teaching them those skills as a culinary educator is important because they get to lead themselves well. Definitely. Which which is a mighty thing. Hey, leaders, stay tuned for the rest of the interview following this brief message. Most of us sit, and we sit a lot, 8 to 10 hours each day. Unfortunately, we're not designed to sit. The result of this mismatch between our hunter-gatherer bodies and our sedentary, chair-centric society is an epidemic of poor posture, weakened core muscles, and back pain. Worse, sitting passively slumped all day leads to increased rates of diabetes, heart disease, even cancer. Sitting eight hours per day robs the average person of two years of life. Luckily, it turned out that sitting isn't the real problem. The real culprit is sitting still. And while we can't get away from sitting, we can get away from sitting still. 
Dr. Turner Osler created a new type of chair that revolutionizes sitting by promoting movement while sitting. Purchase this chair at QOR360.com and begin your journey of active sitting. They say women hold up half the sky. As this bracing book points out, we do it while also cooking, working, starting revolutions, and getting that weird goop off the couch. If you're ready to create real change in the world, you're going to need a little oomph. Consider this book your triple espresso. Actually, I Can, Inspiration, Empowerment, and Leadership by Dr. Lori Kerner. So Alex, what quotes, advice, or practice has helped you most during crisis? I've been very fortunate. I've had some amazing mentors in my career. There's a quote that hit home more than ever, probably in the last two or three years. It's becoming a leader is synonymous with becoming yourself. It's precisely that simple and it is also that difficult. And I love that. I think a big part of my journey to where I am today has been that self-work has been taking a look in the mirror, asking myself tough questions, asking people who I trust for my blind spots. That has been that quote that really prepares me for the future, is that before I do anything, let me really be careful with why I'm doing things and who I am and what's my motivation. And just kind of digging deep has really, I think, been the biggest eye-opener, the biggest pivotal moment in my life. That's powerful. So you're looking for a position in leadership, even though we know that leadership develops before that, not the position that makes the leader. So when you think of what kind of organization you're looking for, what would be a good fit for you? That's a great question. I think a place that is willing to shake up the status quo, I think a place that is welcoming of tough conversations. And it's funny because I had a conversation with one of my students today. And I think at the end of the conversation, we both agreed that like everything else, things have to evolve, right? And so I think a place where that is a welcomed part of the process is a place where I would love to help and I would love to be a part of that growth. Some places don't want that. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. But I don't think I would be a good fit there. I always want to evolve. I think life has taught us that change is completely inevitable. And Um, growth is optional. Very true. So I think that's that forward thinking. Like I think about technology. Mm-hmm. And when COVID happened, my district, we all had devices. And so we were prepared. But I think about at the time I was taking my administrative degree with a lot of my cohort members who were educators in other districts. And some of them had nothing. And no one saw COVID coming, but we did see that technology was just becoming this integral part of our lives. So that's that forward thinking that I do want to be a part of. Love it, love it, love it. And any district really, you know me, I'm in education. I've been in education Mm -hmm. for a long time. Would be lucky to have someone like yourself. So thank you. That means a lot. Yeah. So as a lifelong learner, what are you learning right now? (laughs) Actually, what I'm learning now is to say no when I mean no and to say yes when I mean yes. I am really learning myself. I always have these little life lessons with my students. So we'll talk about food and then I'm like, life lesson. (laughs) And I said this to a female student 
because I think as women, we have that tendency to be people pleasers. And it's almost like that need to please. And I think I was guilty of that for a very large portion of my life. So I think finally now I'm becoming very comfortable saying, no, thank you. So I said to my student, the quicker you learn that lesson and to stay firm in what you know in your gut you want, the better things will be for you. Those are great lessons to learn. Thank you. Now, when you think of leadership today, Alex, Mm. what most concerns you and what are you most hopeful about? What concerns me is the ego. The word leadership sometimes becomes synonymous with power. And I think that can be dicey. When I see leaders that haven't done that personal work on themselves and you can see the ego is starving for attention and their decisions aren't coming from a place for the greater good, for mm-hmm. the true serving of others, which I do believe is what leadership's about, that concerns me. And you know, we've seen it everywhere that it continues to be concerning to me. But what I'm most hopeful about is that new generation, right? That says things that we probably have been thinking for years and puts it on the forefront. You know, I have nieces that are 10 to 15 years younger than me, and they say things that I'm like shocked and proud. They say, that's not good for my mental health. I would have never said that. You know, it's almost like we were given a badge of honor for pushing ourselves to the edge. And now they don't do that. And so that gives me hope because I think they're seeing life through a very different lens, a more authentic lens. And so that I'm hopeful for. It certainly does give us a brighter future. Like we had this space one time where people were bashing millennials, right? For a while. And I guess it kind of rotates in different generations. But if we really listen to each other, because diversity also is intergenerational, to be able to appreciate different perspectives like that, I think that's really, really valuable. So thank you for sharing that. Now, you have an option. You can take a question from a former guest, or you can share a challenge or a struggle that you learned from. It's like truth or dare, right? (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I do want to share one of those struggles that I've had that I think definitely was the catalyst to me even going back to school and kind of getting out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I went back to school when I had a baby, like an infant. And I really (laughs) didn't think that one through. But if you had asked me, five years ago, if I would do this, I would say absolutely not. And I think the catalyst for me was when I had my older son was about two years old. I was convinced that being a mother, which I think is a leader, I think a parent is a leader, but I thought that I would just have it figured out that somehow everything would just be right. I went to school to be a teacher, but I didn't go to school to be a mother. And my arsenal was very much on what was how I was parented. And so I just said, that's it. And my son resisted and he fought back and he challenged. And I was like, what is going on? And I started doing a lot of work. And I realized that a lot of what I was doing was based on my ego. 
And I think that was like this light bulb moment. And I said, wait a second. And then I transferred that information to the classroom. So I said, why do I have this rule? Is this really about the student? Is this really about the child? Or is this about me? And that I think was probably one of the strongest moments in my life that pushed me, pushed the way I thought, you know, it's one of those tougher moments that you're so grateful for. That definitely is definitely hands down. It certainly is a pivotal moment. I'm with you. I have a teenager, so that's very different. But parenting in different stages primes your leadership. Absolutely. Um, If you let it, right? Right. Um, If you let it, because you can be stuck too in your ego. So I love how you ask yourself some questions. You have this space where you can rethink things that you were raised with. To rethink is something that's not easy. I love that you've done the work. It is work. It is. (laughs) Certainly parenting can be a really amazing space where we can continue to learn to lead and leading our children by example, not by what we just say. Absolutely. And as they become teenagers, you'll see how old are your kids? Five and three. They are my biggest teachers. And that's what I think about my students as well. And I think if we're not careful, we can miss out on so much learning. My kids teach me to be in the moment. And that was part of that eye-opening experience for me when I started figuring out why is there resistance? Because I was parenting, but I was really thinking about what I did at work, what I have to make for dinner. And I wasn't in the moment. And when I was at work, I would be with my students thinking about, all right, next, the next day, the next day, instead of just listening to their questions in that moment. So that really helped me. And that was a hard point in my life, but I'm so grateful for it. I'm super excited that we get to talk about that because I know for me as an educator, I've been in education for a long time. When I became a parent, it also shifted how I taught and how I spoke to parents. <laughs> I wanted to apologize to every parent that I spoke yes, to. Yes, because you think you know everything. <laughs> but your kids humble you. And that's great because humility and wisdom are so, so interconnected. So thank you so much for sharing that. Now, as a listener of this podcast, Alex, Mm -hmm. what is a question that you would like a future leadership guest to respond to? You know what I'm always curious about is what do you do in that moment of fear when you're so afraid, but you have to do it anyway, whether it's a tough conversation, whatever it is, sometimes I feel like you can physically feel the fear. What are tips or tricks or what has your career taught you to do in that moment? I'm just always curious about that. What do you resort to? I love, love, love that question. So I'm going to ask that of probably all the leaders that come on, (laughs) because that'll give us a lot of great tools to work. Okay. So is there anything else you want to share with our listeners? You know what? I think that teachers, we are leaders. And sometimes I think we are the front line. And I think especially this year, I just want to say that we are a unique group of people that have navigated education in very difficult times. I don't think school prepared us for this. So, you know, I just want to say to every educator out there, be kind to yourself, forgive yourself, learn from yourself. And truly, we are all in this together. Like sometimes I'm just in the hallway and I see the frustration in a colleague's eye and I just say, I get it. Mm. You know, I get it. 
Well, I love who you are. And, you know, one more time, tell us about your organization. What's the website? It's www.raiseyourhandsuphigh.org. And again, please like us on Facebook and you can see all the work we've been doing. And we're on year nine, so you can see the history. Fabulous. Well, I want to thank you so much for adding value to me and to our listeners. It's been a great conversation. In closing, here's a quick message. Coaching is the art of influence that underpins leadership in the 21st century. It is the very thing that can get you from being stuck to being extraordinary. So go to masterleadership.org and sign up to get a free coaching session. Until next time, continue to ignite that leader in you.